Hello, welcome to our first outdoor edition of Sounding Board. Uh, we're in a, a local country park. Uh, we're, I'm here with my brother Nick. Um, unfortunately, it's uh, it's quite sad to see that we're uh, we're sat right in front of a play area that's been cordoned off, and kids just aren't allowed to, to use it. But there are a couple of people barbecuing. There's certainly more people using the there's, area. Than... There's way more people out, which is great to see. In fact, if anything, people aren't diving out the way of you on a path like like they were before. Uh, but we thought it'd be nice to do this outside. In fact, this is our first comeback edition on YouTube for our YouTube subscribers. But this actually we thought we would do as a, a much shorter edition, a sounding board short. We are here in our shorts. Uh, we come on our bikes uh, and we thought, well, let's just, let's just try this out. Let's just do a short 15, 20 minutes, if that's possible for us to do. Um, uh, because we're getting together now most days to get our government sanctioned exercise. So Nick, um, I think in the last podcast you talked about uh, what was going on with your school. Uh, I, yes. think you, I think you'd emailed the head teacher at that point because he was going a lot further than not only the, uh, the government regulations, but the advice as well. They'd kind of taken it even one stage further. So have you heard back? I have, and I did, I did what I'd never done before with the school because we're big supporters of the school. Um, the, kids, the kids are flourishing there. And, they, you know, that's... That's obviously in the context of the curriculum that has been set. These are state schools. We can't afford to send them elsewhere. Um, but we did have a choice of schools to send them to. And, and we really liked the school. We really liked the teachers. I mean, it was the school that you went to. I mean, I was too old, but you went to it for a few that's, years. That's you? right. They opened up the school. We were both at the same school. And then I moved to the other one because there was going to be a longer time for me to be there, whereas you finished out your last couple of years at the other one. Um, and uh, yeah, great, great school. It's been extended massively. It's doubled in size since, since I was there. Um, and this current head teacher has been there for quite a few years now and seen that expansion. He's shaped that expansion. Uh, and we've been really impressed with him. This is the first time I've got in contact, other than to say, you know, good morning in the playground or something like that. Uh, this is the first time I've got in contact. I wrote a letter. I wrote it with my wife. We, we, we sent it in. Uh, and, uh, and actually very quickly. Uh, so we sent it in like in the evening. Next morning by 9.30, um, uh, he's ringing me on my mobile. And I put in all my details and I, you know, I, I very much said, look, want to talk about this, however you want to do it, I'll come and visit you in the car park, whatever you want to do. And he gave me a shout. Uh, and we had a, a full half hour conversation on the phone um, uh, where we went through everything. And uh, it wasn't that he was able to address my concerns, because my concerns are real and my concerns um, are, are there in, in, in the measures that they're saying they're going to, uh, going to do. But he was at least able to tell me why they were doing what they were doing. And it's the teaching unions and it's the local authority. I mean, we probably we probably could have guessed that because yes. because we, I mean, so, so teaching unions are I mean, the, the, every union is, is massively left wing. That's just that's just the way they are, um, and they always you know, particularly with like a with a conservative government, whatever measures they'd have put in place, even if it was identical opposition, to a to a, to, to a to a blueprint that the unions have put forward, yeah. they'd always have to go further. And even uh, I mean, we were talking about this recently. Even even when you know when Tony Blair was was in charge, you know he was yes. kind of seen as an evil right winger um, <laughs> by the unions. By the unions, yeah. and they had to go. They had to go further still. So the, I guess that's 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 yeah. no surprise. So we talked. We talked at length, and I had already put in my letter the kinds of things that I imagined that he was having to go through. Having never run a school, but you know I imagine in much the same way that I'm having to get people back into the office. You are going to be facing the following things, and I get from the government guidance you're going to be facing the following issues in terms of. Um, physical classrooms, uh, the cleaning, the staffing, the fear, uh, and all that. 
and um, and it was a very very positive very constructive conversation where I think that he got that I knew what I was talking about I got that his heart was in the right place and that he's got an incredibly complex task trying to get not just the children in foundation year one and year six back uh, but also deal with the children of key workers as well which the government guidance also encourages all the parents of, uh, of children the key workers to send their kids in regardless of whether they can deal with them at home as part of this general ramping up of getting people back to school um, and as I say, it's a nightmare. I don't envy them at all. But the government guidance is very clear. It's very clear. And it says, for example, that primary age children are not expected to maintain two metres distance from each other. Okay. And it then talks about halving the class sizes, um, talking about having no more than 15 children. And bear in mind, we're talking only about foundation year one and year six. So that's three out of seven year intakes that they've got. So if you just half the class sizes, you've obviously got double the amount of classrooms available. So that should be fine. And it talks about not mixing those groups up. So if you're in your group of 15, that's then the group of 15 you that you're with constantly. Exactly, and you sure. keep the same teacher where possible, and you don't mix with the other groups where possible. You do practical things like staggering start and finish times, staggering lunch times, and break times, and things like that. Regardless of what you think about whether or not school should be open or not, they seem quite reasonable in their aims and they say we've taken this into account with the science the the science Although, and yet the teaching unions and the local authorities are saying to my head teacher you've got to have four square meters for every student so go back and measure your classrooms there's no talk of measuring the classrooms in this guidance it just says classrooms okay and so go back and measure and then you need to get the density just you know, at an absolute minimum this four meters squared and even though the guidance says space the desks apart uh, no space the desks as far apart as possible no mention of making them two meters whereas again the advice on there the, the risk assessments from teaching unions and from the local authority is that the desks have got to be two meters apart which is then putting a new ceiling on the number of students that can go into the class and so Ascot are saying well we can only get eight to ten people in a class which means now suddenly I can't have all of these people in that's ridiculous and they're not I know you talked about following the science the, the science all the evidence so far because I've looked into this is that there's there's no evidence that it passes between children and adults. No, nope, exactly. Anywhere. This is nope. not just in England. This nope. is just anywhere at all. No evidence. Uh, I remember. I remember reading on Twitter about uh, some guy who was a uh, he was like a school counsellor for for his local school. Yeah. And he'd he'd looked into this and he said, look, this is everything I can find. There is absolutely no evidence that it passes between uh, you know between children and adults. Uh, this is the you know the chances of, of kind of kids getting it and of kids having kind of any, anything serious happen. It's like basically zero. We should open. We should just open the school back up. And he yes. just kind of presented all this evidence to everybody and said, "Look, if you have alternative evidence that I haven't seen, I won't see it. Then, then show me now." Nobody could show him anything. They all voted unanimously to keep, to, to keep, yeah, against him to yeah. keep the school closed. It's, it's, it's just crazy. But with the scaremongering that's out there. Um, so um, by the time this goes out, um, an article I've just written for the Hector Drummond magazine will be live. And, and it's where I'm, I'm debating this point of, will I send my kids back to school or not? And, um, and I referenced the Times this morning, front page of the Times, uh, that talks about how um, children are just as likely to get ill as adults and then you read the article this is front page that's the headline and then you read the article and it's infected not getting ill 
those are fundamentally different. I mean, that, that's nothing other than scaremongering, is it? But my concern is, not that these are silly rules, which they are, the government rules, they're doable. They're, they're, they're practical. And, and again, when you read it, there's lots of where possibles and things, which means, and, and even say, there's even a line in there saying, where you can, maybe put a divider up in a corridor if it's big enough, but the chances of catching it while passing someone are extremely low. That's what it says. You don't interpret that as, well, that means I must close this corridor. It means be sensible about it. Um, but my concern is a class size of 10, 15, doesn't, doesn't matter what. If you're going to tell my five-year-old daughter in foundation stage to stay away from her friends or to not play next to someone or to no longer share phonics on the mat where they're all sat together learning, I don't think that's very good for her mental well-being. Well, no, so the, you think the, the kind of emotional and psychological damage that could do to a kid if they're yes. told every single day, no, no, you need to stay there, don't go anywhere stay near on your any, spot. Any, other, any other kid. That's going to be horrendous. Now, going back to the conversation I had with the head teacher, um, and as I say, I think he's being hampered by rules he cannot control. Um, I don't know specifically whether he would just be following the government guidance, but he doesn't report to the government. He reports to the local authority, and in some measure, you know, he's being told by the unions. And that's, that's, that's ridiculous. They're, they're, well, I they're, don't know how much freedom he has, and I'm not, I don't, and I don't want to cast aspersions on him because we had a very practical conversation. And he said, "Look, I'm not, I'm not gonna." I don't. He said, "I don't think any of my teachers are going to um, separate children. I don't think I'm going to stop them from hugging each other. I think if a child comes up and tries to hug them, they're not going to stop them." He said, "Yesterday, I was in the school. Child came up to me, hugged my leg. Obviously, I didn't stop him." And so you hope that there's enough common sense to do that. But the types of stuff he said that they, would, they had to stop doing still made me feel like this was going to be more, like a, more of a prison camp than a school. And so right now, I'm in, I'm in two minds as to whether to send my daughter back. We've talked to a lot of other parents. So far, I can't find anyone who isn't a key worker who is sending their kids back into foundation. And so actually there's another factor at play now. If none of her friends are going back, why would I send yeah, them back? Then why bother, yeah, exactly. I, honestly, right now I'm tempted to set up a school of 15 in my garden and say to those parents, do you want to come and, come and learn? Or just come here. This outdoor space some, right some, here. Some, somewhere shall, like we here. All, shall we all meet here and we'll call this a school? I mean, obviously that's completely against so many regulations and so many laws and all of this, but I'm done with it. Well, yeah, but I mean, and you, and, you and I could teach, could teach these kind of young kids rudimentary mathematics. We could, we're, we could we're read them set, stories. They're getting could... set stuff. I mean, again, this is what's great about our school. They have been setting work daily. They've been sending videos. They've been sending online materials. They've been emailing. They've been telephoning the students. I know schools in Peterborough that have just gone dark on their pupils and the parents, which I think is outrageous. I mean, that's scandalous. But we have the materials. Let alone the fact that, yeah, it doesn't take much imagination to, um, I don't know, play with some bottles and some jars and do some science and, you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. Or, you know, the natural world around us and, you know, the, the current topic with Foundation is mini-beasts. Let's go and dig up some worms. Brilliant. I mean, I, I, just, think, I, think, it's, I just think it's ridiculous. That, and it, it sounds like, from what you're saying, it's not this, this guy's fault, the headmaster. I don't think it is. And I don't think he has any, he can have any impact personally. In the same way that if you or I were to phone up the teaching union or the local authority and say, why aren't you following the government guidance? You'd be met with, oh, we're just trying to keep people safe. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what I think the, the, the issue is. It's that it's, it should be within his control. 
you know, yes. he, he's the headmaster of the school. Yes, he, he should sh- have that power. He, he should be, have the power to say, you know what, this is the government guidance, or even I think, because it's not his school. I think I think the government guidance goes too issue. far. Let's go to the uh, let's, let's let's just take it to the letter of the law, for example. Yes, um, but he's just, he has no power. No, exactly. Well, it's not his school. He works for again. I, I don't know how well nowadays there are trusts for academies and. We're part of a very small academy trust of three schools in Peterborough. They've tried to do the minimum they can with the trust idea, uh, with the academy trust idea. Um, but yeah, it, it's not his school. He doesn't he doesn't run it in that say. Um, but I I'm really struggling with this, and it's the latest thing. I mean, um, I hear that the government chief scientific advisor and chief medical officer, this is Witty and Valance, are meeting with the teachers unions today. I mean, tell me, please tell me where politics is not going to trump science here let alone the fact that i don't particularly think that what they've been touting is you know necessarily science um and uh, and that the government have been doing this politically the lockdown is political it's not scientific oh yeah of course it's, it's, it's crazy i mean wouldn't it wouldn't it be great though if and i, and I don't expect him to do this because it's, it's a very very difficult position wouldn't it be great if he just said you know what i'm, I'm not going to listen to you totally fire me this is this is the way i'm going to run my school yes if you if you you union leaders don't like the way i'm doing it then then you can you can take action yeah well and i've got the support of the parents but and and you know we've been filling in questionnaires to take our temperature so to speak about whether we're going to send the kids back based on these um these things and based on based on not the government guidance but the union guidance um and the local authority guidance hardly anyone's going to send their kids back and so actually that means it does make it easier for him to run the school because there'll be less students in there. And so he gets to meet his, oh, I can just have five people in the classroom. Fantastic, I'll just spread everyone out. No good for the kids. But they do, this, that actually means that the unions get what they want. Well, that's what I, no one goes to school. That's what I was thinking, because the unions will spin this in that kids, are, kid, kids aren't being sent to school by their parents because the parents are worried. Not that the parents are worried about psychological I, damage. I think they'll say that they're afraid of the virus. Yeah, of course. But it just won't be the case. Obviously there are some. And some of the te- some of the um, parents that we've been talking to on various you know WhatsApp and Facebook groups, some of them are worried, completely unnecessarily in our view, uh, but some of them are scared, and and they're 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 they're, um, they're trotting out the same phrasing that things like the unions are like only when it's safe, without defining what the hell safe means, let alone the fact that the entire world is not safe. We well, us sat down right here, we're not entirely safe. I mean, I I, I could argue that we're not actually. I, see, I, I, would, I would argue differently. I think we are safe. It's relative, though. Yeah. But I, I think we're probably 99.99999% safe. If and, we, and yes. Now, and the same as we were a- six absolutely. weeks ago, six months ago. Absolutely. And this comes out, if we're going to do it mathematically, if we're going to do it scientifically, then I'll, I'll happily, times by 100, round to the nearest number, and it will be zero. And so, for all intents and purposes, I, remember, oh, I can't remember the exact figure. I remember learning this at school, um, and it was what how low does something have to get before it is technically technically mathematically classed as impossible um and so i to be honest we should go look that up because i want to start saying it's impossible yeah, to get it's it technically mathematically because it's impossible. Te- you know like a technical recession this is this is how mathematics works yeah. if it's not point naught 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 three or whatever a uh, chance does that mean it's impossible because if so i'm going to say it's impossible for my kid to get to to you know to dive it yeah i mean and, and i've been just just on, on the whole kind of safety issue i've been taking your advice as you can see and i've been not wearing trousers i'm, I'm kind of wearing my shorts today because i don't Absolutely. i don't want to i don't want to die in a horrific trouser related incident eight people in the uk died last year of putting on their trousers safety first so we should so what you're saying is we shouldn't end the lockdown until we ban trousers 
There are so many things that we could ban. There are so many things that we could attempt to solve before ending this political lockdown. Well, I've, I've just been I've just been putting this, pushing this further and further on I Twitter. Know, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, let, we shouldn't end the lockdown until we cure cancer. And then my last one is, I'll probably, I'm not sure how much further I can go, but <laughs> right. my, my last suggestion was we should only end the lockdown once we've cured death. Okay, yep. That, that, that's Pro- about as far as you can go, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, can we bring back the dead? Until until we can revive those who've died from coronavirus, we shouldn't end the lockdown. And everything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my next tweet, so watch, watch out for that one. I saw it. A uh, little aside, it was on the front page of the Telegraph. Uh, the Telegraph website. I'm not a subscriber anymore, but I, I just check the front page, check the headlines. And in fact, they've been giving a lot more away for free recently, quite rightly. Um, and, it, and it talked about, it was this shock, shock news in other areas of Europe and Asia that the numbers of dead are going up. Exactly. Head I, in hands, face palm moment. I, see, I, 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 if people are dying, of course the number of dead's going to go up. Well, just are just, you expecting them to reanimate and come back to life if it was going to be negative death? Well, that's that's been my issue with um uh, with some of the headlines. It's like you know, death count rises again. Yes. What do you expect it to do? The death count in all for all deaths will never stop rising. Yeah. Death count increases. Really. Yeah. Yeah. News, news just in. Right. Should we call it there? Okay. That was our first short edition of sounding board we are wearing our shorts we're back on youtube sorry for uh for not being around for the people who watched us we're now back hopefully we'll try and do a few more of these uh in the park in the open air um see you again next time